Our next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's a big show. Is everybody ready? Monday, Monday. Just another manic Monday. Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It is the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 12.80, The Zone. No Gordon today, but we are broadcasting live from the Carrier Zone studios here at Vivint Arena. And across the glass from me, the co-host of the previous show, Austin Horton. Hello, Austin. Hi, how are you? Uh, how was your holiday weekend? I'm I'm fine. I, it You're was not. Good. It was good. Um well, we can get into that in a, uh, in a second. But I got to say kudos to my guy, Austin, who uh, got in early to help me with a couple of things, hosted a four-hour show, and uh, now is going to produce five consecutive hours of, uh, of radio. And uh, it's Monday, so that's nice. So it's good to see you. And I wanted to give you an attaboy because enjoyed listening to you and Lloyd. And, uh, you know, I know long days in this business, it's kind of what we sign, sign up for, but it doesn't really make them any more fun. Yeah. It, Lloyd and I looked at each other at one o'clock and went, oh, this fourth hour is going to get us, isn't it? It's it's a lot different on that side of the glass yeah. than this side. And by the way, shout out to the guy that's going to come back in later and produce the bees game so I don't have to. Eric Jensen, who's also been here a long time today. Okay. I'm saying that because he's right here, and I'm really saying that more as a threat that he's coming in to produce the bees game. Uh, Eric does. <laughs> Eric. Uh, Eric does a good job. He's our. He's he our utility guy. You know, he steps in and makes it happen. That's good. But I, I had fun with Lloyd. Had fun with Eric. It was. It was great. But I don't know if I want to do that show every day. Yeah, well, I get it. I get it for sure. Because then Hans will be back, and I don't know if I could do a show every day with Hans. No, you don't think so? Too much food. There's a lot of food talk. There's a lot of food. A lot of food talk. Um, and, and he also hates my guts currently, he, thanks to Gordon. So. He does not. He only threatened uh, uh, that you'd never work in this town again. <laughs> if, if that's what you're talking about, then, yeah, I could see why you'd think that. That, but also the when Gordon talked on air about how I yeah, yeah, had yeah. that Christmas and then, party snafu. And then called him in. Yeah. That was fun. You know, Hans, he reacts. He he's a he's a reactor. He cares. He he's a reactor. Uh, he one hundred percent cares. Yes, that is a that is a fact. Uh, a little too much, you know. Like uh, I I could say one one thing. Hans does kind of personifies who he is as a person. I think is he's he's a really tight hugger intentionally. Like, if that makes any sense. He's bigger than you. He knows he's bigger than you. There's that constant dynamic of 
you know, this man could remove my head from my body that goes into relationships uh, with a man of, of his stature. And he um, he turns into that spin. Does that make any sense? It does. It, it, yeah. He turns into that. And, and so when he hugs you, he really hugs you. And it does come from a loving place, but it also is like anything that I'm going to do, I'm going to. I'm going to do it a lot. He usually whispers in your ear. Now, that's only 30% power. Right. So when it comes to reacting, sometimes he cares a lot. A lot. He did uh, He did fix my back once unintentionally, though, so that was nice. Oh, he fixed my <laughs> dislocated thumb. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, when you— I, I cannot thank Hans enough for that. And I know I've told this story a lot, but here, I'll give you the, the long and short version. Uh, we played this stupid two-on-two basketball game because uh, we felt like I, we were doing like we we'd call it guerrilla radio at the time. We didn't have like a big marketing budget, you know, and so we do silly little things to to get attention or be fun or something like that. This this did not work out as well as the Hans and Gordon's daughter tennis match, which was like a roaring success. This was this was a, more or less a waste of time. But it was uh, Gordon and I playing basketball against Hans and Sean O'Connell. O.C., our guy. Is he good at basketball? No. He's also a football fighter. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Playing playing basketball. Um, I, I will say he is more skilled than Hans uh, significantly, but I, I don't think that O.C. would call himself a basketball player. So Gordon and I, I, I'm not good either, but I've at least played, you know, I've played some, I've played some hoop in my day, and Gordon considers himself like the next McHale. So I thought, you know, let's let's do this. This this will be fun. And we really underestimated the physical part. So Hans could lay the ball up against the bottom of the rim for 10 minutes, and there was nothing we could do about it. You know what I mean? Like it, like it, the guy just rebounded every terrible shot he took. And if you make five out of 50, you still made five. You know what I mean? Yeah, your shooting percentage, your efficiency doesn't matter if you're here. Yeah. And get this, uh, OC, the, uh, the, the, the UFC fighter, <laughs> turned out to be a tenacious defender. Really? Yeah. I mean. I, he tries on D, huh? He probably should have seen that coming. That that uh, that our guy OC was was pretty intense on the defensive end, and so Hans had you know, nine uh, points but sixty two rebounds. Yeah, right. Uh. And you know OC just took you know, like turns guarding and slash battering uh, Gordon and myself. But you know, honestly, I didn't make it that far into out of out of all the the physical play that was going on. Uh, I ended up tripping over myself. Honestly, one of the most unathletic things that you could ever do. Right. I mean, just honestly fell over my own feet and jammed my thumb into the wall at just such a <laughs> an angle that the wall. What were you guys playing? We were at a 24 hour fitness or something. So I don't know. Is that I, the I'm baseline? I'm, it was further back than the baseline. But I mean, there's a video of it out there somewhere. Oh, I'll have to see this video. But um, I think it's still on YouTube. Just stuck your thumb out to stop you? So, yeah, just fell. I mean, just terrible. I, I mean, just terrible. And, and I stand up and, it, you know, kind of do a wellness check, you know, one of those sorts of things, and look down at my hand, and my thumb is is not looking the way that it should. And 
so I'm thinking, all right, well, it's off to the to the emergency room. Like terrific, like great, great promotion, everyone. <laughs> you know, like my my unathleticism led to you know the end of all this, which it kind of did actually in the long run. But still, um, Hans comes over and he's like, oh yeah, I've seen zillions of those. I'm a I'm a defensive lineman. I mean, I'm I'm popping thumbs back in left and right. That's that's called Sunday in the NFL. I was like, oh, all right. And he's like, it would be way worse to go to the emergency room. I was like, okay, justify this one with me, buddy. He was like, listen, that thing is going to swell badly and quickly, and you're going to be thinking about it for the next whatever until they can actually do something about it. And then that is going to culminate in them popping it back in, and it's going to hurt way more. Because right now you, you got the adrenaline going. You just saw it. Just give me your hand. And it was like, all right. Not to mention the bill. The, sure. So I thought, you know what? You're making a lot of sense right there, big fella. You 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 are you were an NFL lineman. I believe it that they dislocate a lot of fingers. I believe it that NFL linemen are like, hey, you know, pop this back in for me. I mean, uh, Ronnie Lott bit off his darn thumb or something, didn't he? Uh, the, what's the end the, of his pinky. Yeah, yeah, isn't that the the legend or whatever? So I was like, okay, all right, sure. Lo and behold, the hands goes all right on three, one, two, pop, and and just right right back into it. No kidding, Austin. Working the thumb like I was playing video games. Not even sore. I mean, well, that came later. It yeah. did. It, it, it swollen was sore, and you know. But I would say back to normal in a couple few weeks. Wow. No, no cast. No, no, cast, no surgeries. No doctor. No nothing. Just right back in there. And okay. Now he was like, if you were, if you were really tough, you'd finish the basketball game. I got a lot. <laughs> I got a lot of that. I got a lot of that. Was it your shooting hand? Uh, I don't even remember, to be honest. No, I don't think it was. Your left hand was... I'd have to, you shoot with your right, right? No, I shoot with my left. Oh. So I'd have to I'd have to go back and look. I think it was my right hand. I can't remember. It's but your, I wasn't, I wasn't going to play. If it's your offhand, I'm with him. You should have finished. It's for the, it's for the station. Play. Stop think it. of the children. Stop it. So we had our guy, uh, Dan... Who was selling for us at the time? Step in, and Dan was not a not a basketball player, so it it did not get better from there. But you know, it was like Dan or Reed, or Reed Brown. Yeah, so it was like, all right, Dan, get in there. Dan was at least like in his twenties or thirties, I think, early thirties. So anyway, that was. I uh, don't picture Reed being much of an athlete. So shout out to Hans. No, one hundred percent credit to that guy. I got solid medical advice from him and uh, medical treatment. I don't know if I'd. Would you do it again? Yeah. What if, what if, what, with the thumb you would, because you've seen the results of it. But if you like uh, dislocated your elbow and Hans is like, let me set that for you. No, no, stop. No, I mean. Okay. No. Any digit though? Fingers? What about your nose? I'd probably let him do a a toe. Nose? I don't think so. I don't think so. (laughs) I don't think I'm that guy who's like, I've got a, my, my, my buddy Brandon had a, well, this has a random. Well, no. He had it. I won't tell the whole story, but he got hit in the face with a softball. And I mean, nose problems mm-hmm. to this day. Yeah. Like surgeries. I mean, I'm same, same here. Right. I, I, I think I'm leaving that one to a, to a professional. Well, even with the professional, you still, he and I, we still have nose problems. Yeah, right. On and on. There's years like later. some long term stuff there. 
Plus, I, you know, it's one thing if if hands you again he does everything very strongly. It's one thing if he like mangled a finger. Do I want him turning like tearing my nose clean off my body? Do 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 I want to give him that opportunity now? OC, I might consider it more because he's in the fight game. He's probably seen that done a couple of times, right? Oh, the the reset of the nose. Yeah, yeah. 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 OC's probably been there. I don't know. I don't know if OC's broken his nose, but he's he probably he has broken a nose, whether it was his or someone else's. Right. So I might have more confidence. You know, it comes with the the occupation, right? Football player, defensive lineman, probably good at setting fingers. MMA fighter, probably seen a broken nose or two in his day. Anyway, so here we are, Austin. Some of the biggest college football news maybe ever, <laughs> and we're telling fun stories about two on two basketball games. Years and years ago. We accused Gordon of tangents. This was one. This was a good one. But you know what? But it was somewhat sports-related. Right. If, if Gordon were here, he'd be telling the story right alongside us. I mean, uh, you know. He'd be one-upping. He'd it. be one-upping as he went. But, I mean, he'd, he'd be enthusiastic about the story. He was there. He'd be, you know what he would say? I could tell you I know exactly what happens every time he brings up this story. He would he would talk about how bad Dan the sales guy was because— <laughs> Gordon is competitive and doesn't want to uh, admit defeat. So be, oh, that sales guy you stuck us with. It just couldn't you know, have I mean, been Gordon's just, play. Yeah, <laughs> not no, that. Uh-uh. Gordon's got a sweet stroke, though. I'll tell you, he's he shot a basketball before. I don't know if I'm believing all the. Well, when I played back in Los Angeles and was alongside Dennis Scott and uh, you know all the the Showtime Lakers, they used to call me Gordo. I told Kareem, go with the other hand. But he he is capable of shooting a basketball. That is a thing. Although the one time Quinn Snyder saw him shooting, he told him to move closer. Well, yeah. I mean, he has an overinflated opinion of himself, but it's it's still. You know what else? Is, you know what else Gordon is randomly good at? And then we can jump into the the split story, ping pong. Uh, he says that is he true? Is oh true? yeah, I've played I've played him, and I, I'm not the world's greatest ping pong player, but I was in a fraternity. I've, I've I know my way around a paddle, and yeah, he's legit. You know your way around a paddle because you're in a fraternity. Oh, uh, that was poorly said. Yeah. That was really, uh, really a ping pong a table paddle tennis apparatus. That was that was really poorly said. <laughs> Thanks for pointing that out, Austin. Before the uh, before the Twitter mob got to me. That's nice. Uh, ping pong paddle. Well, that's, whichever. Yeah. That's what I'm going for. Ping pong all, paddle. All kinds of paddles. This seems like a great excuse to get to the split story of the day. It seems like a tremendous idea. Two guys. Two topics. Two, two, two. two opinions. Two. Utah, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. I think uh, 12 teams is a huge step in the right direction. Uh, I personally would like to see 64, and you can format it out uh, pretty easily, you know, but I think it's a huge step the right direction, and I look forward to it. Look, I respond to just about anything, and I've been called just about everything. So um, not not something that's um, really important to me, but I think everybody should have the opportunity to sort of create or make uh, the way they their expectation is of how they get addressed, and it's not something that's, that's really that significant to me. Austin, the entire landscape of college football could be changing before our very eyes today 
Oklahoma and the University of Texas officially, officially, official, officially, official, officially, official notified the Big 12. They will not be renewing their grant of rights uh, media uh, rights agreement um, after the expiration in 2000. And twenty-five. Do we care about the statement? Do you want to hear their mutual statement, or, or how much harumphing is it? Uh, no. It's just, I mean, it's just a bunch of garbage. It says, uh, "Quote: Providing notice to the Big Twelve at this point is important in advance of the expiration of the conference's current media rights agreement." All right, that's, that's the universities right. intend to honor their existing grant of rights agreements. However, both universities will continue to monitor the rapidly evolving collegiate athlete landscape as they consider how best to position their athletes' programs for the future. You want a, you want a quick translation? <clears throat> yes. Susie, the truth machine translation? So the, the clock has started, right? Uh, and now it just depends on when it's most advantageous to write some sort of check. That's what's happening. So... They the the full buyout is something like seventy eight million bucks each each. Now I I was really curious about those buyouts as a deterrent years ago when some of this stuff was going on and Rutgers and Maryland for example were just bouncing right they were just like we're leaving we're leaving pretty much now have a nice day go uh, um, see you at the reunion right. Something along those lines. San Diego. Right. So I thought, how is this going to work? Because they owe, I can't even remember what it was at the time. You know, they owe X amount of million dollars. Why, how could they possibly afford to do this? And, and you know, thought very short term on the matter. And how it turned out is, well, one, they paid a fraction of what they had agreed to after lawyers and mediation or whatever, blah, 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 blah. They paid like half or something like that, maybe a little more than half, but it was not nearly as significant as it was. And they gladly did so based on the promise of future revenue, basically, you know, buying from tomorrow to pay today. And look how well it's worked out for both of those schools who are just raking it in for doing nothing but existing in the Big Ten. Nothing but existing. You know, for those folks out there who say that uh, it's based on how you perform on the field, these conferences value you. I give you Rutgers. They, they traditionally are, uh, let me look, bad. I present football. to you Rutgers. Now, the, the great irony is I don't believe that the Big Ten would make the same decision to add Rutgers in Maryland if they made that decision in today's day and age because – it is about juice. It is no longer about satellite customers. It's about who can generate the most juice because it's, it's coming from all different ways now. It's no longer just, well, we want to be on the satellite carrier in this market, so hello, Rutgers. And this market is giant. Things are changing maybe a little bit slowlier. Slowlier? More slowly? Slowlier. That's slowlier. it. Uh, then I'm letting on. Slowlessly. But, yeah. but, I mean, that 100% is happening. And it, and it means places like Texas and Oklahoma are, are much more valuable even than they were um, before. But it means that Rutgers is no longer valuable whatsoever. And I don't think they'd make the decision had they, uh, to do again. But 
My my favorite part of the story so far following it over the weekend was, did you read about uh, Texas and Oklahoma and their presidents having a conversation with the Board of Regents or whatever for the Big 12? It was like four people. Yeah. And uh, Bob Bowlesby, those two, and another yeah, person. Yeah. They, the, the Big 12 was like, hey, how long have you been cooking this little this little uh, uh, situation up. You know, how, how long have you had a Tinder profile? How long has it uh, been going on? You know, that question from uh, what's his name uh, in Forgetting Sarah Marshall when he's confronting Sarah Marshall, like, how long? Peter Bretter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How long is this? How long has this been going on? And Texas. Because Edward Scissorhands over there tells me it's been, yeah. Uh, Texas and Oklahoma wouldn't answer. <laughs> Well, uh, you know, I don't know how the conversation went, obviously. It's hard to say. It's, uh, you know. um, I don't remember dates and times. You look over at, you know, Oklahoma, like, if you're Texas, like, you want to take this one? You want to bite into that one? Well, uh, you know, what is is the concept of time, really? (laughs) (laughs) We don't use the Gregorian calendar like the rest of you. I don't know. Uh, they could have gone the the wow this is a terrible joke, I'm not gonna you know what I'm not gonna make it. Uh, they could have gone the direction, um, well we found out the same time you did. This was news to us. We read the Houstonian and we were thought we we, we have to, we, the SC what? Oh, well maybe this could be. <laughs> and then when we looked that, into that, it, it seemed like a good idea. <laughs> and you know what I I bit. Hook, line, and sinker a little bit for the the timing of the reporting and all that stuff. Uh, I, I've got to admit, when I thought that Texas A&M was going to vote against it, because I, I ignored the fact that this has been in the works for quite some time. And it's the SEC. They get their guys to fall in line. There's no split votes in the SEC. You, you fall in and you go, yep. Let's get this done. It's unanimous. It's unanimous. There's never any dissent. Any dissent is is quashed early in the process, and and they're just going. And and you know what? I I would laugh, and it seems this way that Texas A and M was kind of left in the dark too. And then you see them walk back their initial statements, and it's nothing short of hilarious. Their initial statements were, we will never, we want to be the only SEC school in Texas. We left these bozos years ago for a reason, and never. We, You'll have to pry our yes vote from our cold, dead fingers. And then mere hours, maybe a day after, it's, we, we really like being a part of the Southeastern Conference. And... Um, we we are excited about the future of this league and our uh, our role in it. So <laughs> let's just progress. And um, we've been told that's how we feel. We won't be talking about this <laughs> ever again. Yeah, their AD <laughs> yeah. came walking out of that elevator at SEC Media Day like Conor McGregor, oh, ready to talk fired. to anybody. Spitting fire. And that's because he was the Houston Chronicle source. Right. Yes, he was. I mean, it was wasn't it a, uh, a, a Texas A&M beat reporter that reported the news? Weird, huh? Yeah. Yeah, Texas A&M didn't like what they had heard, and they couldn't just come out on their own Twitter and say this is not fair. So they went to the Houston Chronicle and said, now, "Write this." Now here's this is this is where Gordon would jump in and and go. Going, no, no, guys, they were just convinced 
that this is the better thing for the conference. I mean, look at Texas and Oklahoma. Let them in. No, maybe a little bit, but I bet it was, oh, we, we read your comments. We heard them, in fact, and uh, you know we don't need you, right? <laughs> Between you and the Longhorns. Like, we don't need you. We love you, but we don't need you. And frankly, if we could have gotten them back when we got you, we would have taken them. The only reason that we took you is because we could not get them. Aha, that's right. So I will marry you, so we married your sister. I will say this again as plainly as, as I think I can. We don't need you. We'd like you to make a statement. You can kiss this ring <laughs> or you can pack. <laughs> it's Bob Bowlesby who, who read the headlines on him recently. They're, they're all about making him king of college football. They're all about this stuff. Where, you know what? They should just put Bowlesby in charge of all of it. He's just terrific. You don't think you don't you think you're going to come out and step on his his grand scheme of adding Texas and Oklahoma? No, you're not. You're not. And I'm surprised you got as loose as you did. Bowlesby wants them to leave for the SEC? Uh, Bowlesby wants this. Yeah, there's no way this is then he'll be, yeah, without. Yeah. There's, well, there's no way that Texas and Oklahoma are coming to the SEC unless he... Encouraged? Oh, yeah. Facilitated? I mean... At, Assisted. At very least passed off on, but... At most, put together. Gave them the SEC's <laughs> phone number? Who's, yeah. who's got the most benefit? I mean, honestly, yeah. uh, Texas and Oklahoma do have benefit, but who's got the most? This is the Southeastern Conference. You know, well, and now— Bowlesby's the Big 12 guy. Oh, wait. You're, you're meaning— who am, I, who am I saying? I'm sorry. I'm confusing You're not everybody. meaning Bowlesby. Um, the commissioner of the SEC is who oh you're— Oh, my gosh. I'm so who you're wanting. Yeah. I've had a bad day. Well, I've, I just wanted to make sure we cleared that up. Uh, Bowlesby is actually the biggest loser here. Because he was the one that led the fake expansion talk five years ago. That right. was, was completely a farce. No, you're totally right. And now he's the one with with uh, s- sitting alone at the the punch bowl when all the cool kids have left for the after party. Greg Sankey is who Sankey, that's the I one. almost said Mike Slive, who was the old. I apologize. Yeah, no, no Bowlesby has yeah. is, is been caught with his he, – he currently has his pants around his ankles. Yes. I mean, he got totally blindsided by all this, and he's going to lose his conference. And and we can get into the fallout coming up right around the corner because that actually is the, the entertaining part of the conversation, right? What happens now, how how it where it goes from here. I apologize for that faux pas because Bowlesby is in uh, big trouble. Sankey they're trying to give control of college football to where they're – they're saying, well, let's just have a college football czar or whatever. Make the SEC guy. I mean, excuse me, Sankey's calling. Texas and Oklahoma. Jeez, this, this bit just went horribly wrong. No, Sankey's no, calling fine. Texas A&M and saying, fall in line. Yes. There. Because he initially called Texas and Oklahoma and said, yeah. you want to? Because the best bits are the ones you, you just mutilate the names to mean something entirely different. Uh, I'm sure you Now, if Bowlesby be, was behind this, yeah, that's then, a bold strategy, no, that's Cotton. A, that's a... That's a uh, what are they? There's what's the official term uh, that it used to be in Japanese culture? Harikari. Yeah, is that what I'm thinking of? Anyway, yeah, no. If Bowlesby was in charge of this, he'd have to just wake up one day and say, "You know what? I am so sick of having a career. 
Just, Looks like it's Walmart greener all for the, me. All the money and the notoriety is just way overrated. I I am just going to submarine it all, and I'm going to take a bunch of good institutions down with me. Team on three. We got there, Jake. We okay. made it. We got there eventually. Sankey. Sankey wins, Bullsby loses. Does Utah and BYU win? So let's get to it next. Don't give me that thumbs up like you're okay. We made it. All right. Stay tuned. If you followed any of that, please, I beg of you, stay tuned. More next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is DJ and PK. Ryan Abraham, uscfootball.com, host of the podcast of Champions. So, Oklahoma and Texas, what have you heard in Los Angeles? How does this reverberate? You were looking forward to new leadership in the Pac-12, George Glayoskov coming in, Larry Scott going out, and want to make as big of a splash as you can. And this is news that can dwarf anything that the Pac-12 is going to do. It's good in one aspect that one of your rivals, the Big 12, will be gutted, and you're going to move up the hierarchy no matter what. But I think it just puts the Pac-12 on notice. What are you going to do to try to compete in this new landscape. It's definitely changed the game and it's not going to make it easy for George Kavkov to try to put his stamp on West Coast football. The good thing, though, is that the Big 12 won't be a threat anymore. Maybe there's some pieces there that the Pac-12 can pick up. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10 on 97.5 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Westwood One Sports presents this special update on the 2020 Summer Games, sponsored by Hulu. Time to have great original shows and movies. Time to have Hulu Originals. U.S. softball has won the gold medal at all four previous summer games. The event has been held, and tomorrow we'll look to make it five for five. A walk-off hit, finishing group play with a 2-1 win over Japan. The U.S. will meet the host nation again for the gold medal. Mexico and Canada, they'll play for bronze. Until day three, Katie Ledecky had only won gold in an individual Olympic swimming event, but she couldn't edge Australia's Ariane Titmus to the wall in the women's 400-meter freestyle. The U.S. star swam her second fastest time ever, but Titmus at 356.69, the event's second fastest time in history. Great Britain's Adam Peaty, now the owner of the 16 fastest times in men's 100-meter breaststroke, gold medal in the event, becoming the first British swimmer to ever defend an Olympic title. China tops the medal count through three days with 18, followed by the U.S. at 14 and Japan at 13. With this Summer Games update, I'm Jason Horowitz, Westwood One Sports. I've traveled every road in this here land. I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. This is The Big Show with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson, presented by Big O Tires, with the lowest price on every tire every day. With no credit needed, financing options available. Big O Tires, the team you trust. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Olympic update right there, brought to you by our friends at Davis Vision. The Davis Vision summer LASIK sale is going on now. Get rid of those contacts and glasses. Save $1,000. Start your road to better vision at Davis Vision. Check them out today at davisvisionmd.com or call 801-253-3080. That is Davis Vision. Band of the day today, Johnny Cash. Brought to you by uh, Live Nation Concerts. Buy concert tickets and get the latest tour news and artist insight at LiveNation.com. Austin and I cosmically are on the same level today. Austin goes, how about a little Johnny Cash? And had not noticed that I am uh, wearing a Johnny Cash t-shirt. So, or at least you said you hadn't noticed. Well, I think because I saw you earlier this morning, as we established... For something else, 
I think I subconsciously had uh, Johnny Cash in my mind that. from that. Yeah. Let's see. All right. But as I said that to you, I was not reading your shirt. Yeah. My daughter and I have matching Johnny Cash shirts. This is what she got me for my birthday. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm leaving town. Pac-12 Media Day coming up tomorrow. Uh, so I'm, I'm only going to be gone one night, and she's she's missing me. Well, You've got to appreciate that. Uh, it, it's very sweet. So I thought, yeah, we'll do the matching T-shirt thing, and I'll send her some pictures from the airport and stuff. Someday she will not be able to wait until you leave. Right, right. So cherish these moments that, uh, yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I'm with you, buddy. Um, Let's get to the the breaking news. We'll we'll get to the fallout from um, uh, conference expansion uh, coming up in the next uh, segment. But we do have a NBA-related Woj bomb uh austin and just as i say that i lost woge's tweet so i will go back to that now but we have a trade in the nba not involving the utah jazz uh, involving the grizzlies and the pelicans memphis finalizing a trade to send Jonas valanciunas and and follow closely here the 2021 number 17 and 51 picks to the pelicans in exchange for stephen adams eric bledsoe 2021 picks number 10 and number 40, and a protected 2022 first-round pick via the Lakers. Okay. So, Memphis So the players involved are? So the players involved are Valanchunas, Stephen Adams, Eric Bledsoe. So Valanchunas to New Orleans, Adams and Bledsoe to Memphis? Right. Um, And then Memphis is moving up in the draft to number 10 and from 51 to 40. And uh, for their trouble, the Pelicans will, uh, let's see here, The uh, they're also getting a 2022 first-round pick via the Lakers. So Memphis must like some stuff in the draft. And Adams, and I need to uh, review his, uh, his current contract, but I believe he's a free agent. Oh, he does, Austin. He has two years left on his deal. Wow, that is not terrific. Um, I don't. I totally get this move for New Orleans. Get Jonas Valanciunas, who I think is a very usable player for a young nucleus. Spaces the floor, plays tough. I mean, we we saw the uh, what he did against Rudy in the playoffs. I mean, he's he's maybe not an all star, but he's uh, certainly a serviceable player and uh, on the younger side. So I I I understand what New Orleans is going for there. Plus, New Orleans sheds salary. Um, Bledsoe's owed a ton of money. Let's see. Bledsoe is sixteen nine. Uh, oh, excuse me, that was last year. Eighteen one and nineteen four for Bledsoe going to Memphis. And Stephen Adams has two years left too. So that's Jeez. a that's two guys that for the next two seasons are on Memphis's uh, money. I don't know about that. And then they're bringing in a first round guy at ten. I guess for the first round pick, you'll you'll take it. I this doesn't make a ton of sense to me. For Memphis. I get yeah, it moving how does, up in the draft, but... How does Steven Adams and Eric Bledsoe help John Morant be even better? I don't, I don't really think either one does. If anything, you're giving up on a guy with Jonas who did. Yeah. Sir, precisely because he can spread the floor. Well, we've seen it here. You know, if if you're crashing into Steven Adams' guy when you're a get-to-the-hoop type player, that's not good for anybody. He'll win. Right. I mean, think back. Think Derek Favors, Rudy Gobert playing together. You know, every time the Jazz would get dribble penetration, you're running smack into a big. 
I mean, the idea of a guy like Ja, yeah, get a get a big who plays tough and spaces the floor. Yeah, that's it. And, and I, I don't get this move from Memphis. They must love somebody at ten. They have to, because to take on the the money for two more years from a Bledsoe and Adams, they've got to see someone at ten that they will. And maybe they will move Adams and Bledsoe again. Yeah, maybe know. they flip them. Yeah. In fact, I saw. I'll have to look into it. I saw another report about Bledsoe could be on the move multiple times on draft night. So maybe this was one of those. And these guys do have these mid-range contracts that make them more tradable because they're useful to put together in in big deals. Um, you know, you're not trading vet min, minimum guys until the middle of the year at very least. I mean, and you're certainly, you know, we have we don't see very many superstar trades, and when there are, they need pieces like that to make them uh, make them work. So maybe that's maybe that's the reason. I, yeah. I mean, Memphis is a playoff team. They made the playoffs last year. They should be looking to take the next step, not in we'll take on bad salaries and suffer for a couple of years. Which, by the way, can be the smart move at times. Remember uh, the the Beaterans, Andres Beaterans deal that allowed uh, Golden State to get Andre Iguodala? The Jazz took on a – that Beaterans deal at the time might have been the worst contract in the league. I mean, based on that he you couldn't play him. The Jazz were a bad team at the time, and could not he could not get on the floor, and he was making something crazy. Uh, you brought on Beadrins, you brought on Richard Jefferson, you brought on Brandon Rush, I believe, yep, at yep, the time. Yep, all for you picks down the line, because you didn't need. I mean, what do you care who you're paying? You got to pay, got to pay somebody while developing the guys that were going to turn yeah. into the guys. Right. Know? So I I don't think Memphis is in that mode. So I guess I don't really understand this unless they lo- they do they love somebody at ten. Well, and there is reports that the Celtics would still like to make a move for Bledsoe as well. So maybe they know something that the Boston, that uh, Brad Stevens is eyeing Bledsoe and they can flip him to Boston for something else. I don't know. Now, granted, you know, I watched some Pelicans basketball, but not a ton of Pelicans basketball. But when was the last time you even thought about Eric Bledsoe? When he was traded, when they traded Drew Holiday to the Bucks. Yeah. That was for Eric Bledsoe, right? Because Bledsoe wasn't good, good enough. Yeah. <laughs> and then Drew Holiday won an NBA title for the Bucks. Yeah. So. so that guy. All right. Well, you know. Uh, you know what job I would never want to have? An uh, NBA GM. It would be a very difficult job. To gamble every every decision you make. Right. Every decision. Yeah. And, good luck, Justin. And you got to hit on the big ones. And you got to hit on some small ones. And if you hit on some small ones, you may get a little more break on the big ones. You know, it's this delicate, like... And don't overreact like a lot of people want the Jazz to do. You don't want to overreact here. Well, I think the, the Jazz, pretty easy. They have they have one major thing that has to happen. They have to retain Mike Conley because they almost can't do anything else. And the only thing else that they can do is make a move involving the few players that they can move that aren't, you know, that are the mid-level guys we were talking about. Yeah. The salaries that you can move in this league. Ingles, Boyan. Right. Uh, Royce. Derek Favors, really. Not right. Maybe not Boyan, but uh, but there are some that think the Jazz should just start over. But it's not like they. that's really an option. It's not. Yeah, it's uh, that's not. It's it's not really an option. So their ways to get better is very limited. They're they're not going to get better in the draft because making the 30th pick would probably be a bad idea and what can you actually flip the 30th pick for? You know. 
probably a, a couple of a seconds or something or like a that. future pick because they don't have a lot of future picks or something along those lines but not something that's going to impact the roster the good news for jazz fans is that the jazz were really good last year and you you hope that you can you know make a minor move here or there if you if uh, a good one presents itself but you know had a good squad last year, upended by some circumstance. And and granted, the the Clippers were a bad matchup, so how do you adjust to that? But let's not forget that the things aren't broken with the Jazz. And they, they really can't do much. Keep an eye on their vet minimum guys if they sign some of those. Need to be more impactful than Ed Davis. But, I mean, now we're down the roster talking about stuff that ultimately isn't going to matter much, you wouldn't think. So... Uh, there you go. Move in the uh, move in the NBA. Coming up next. Oh, I should say this. Corey Chiesa is going to be on the show at the top of the three o'clock hour. Uh, our friend Howard Beck will join us uh, his final time this season at the top of the four o'clock hour. Love Howard. And then uh, Greg Rubel, the voice of the Cougars, will be on with us at five. So we'll we'll talk to him about where BYU may uh, or may not fall in uh, the the movement amongst the con- uh, conferences. And then of course get a, a fall camp preview from Greg because I think it should be a pretty interesting camp for BYU. So that's coming up at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. It is the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 of the zone. Love is a burning thing and it makes a fiery ring Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Let's give away some stuff, Austin. Uh, NBA action is back August 3rd, 4th, and 6th as the Salt Lake City Summer League returns to Vivint Arena. Lower bowl tickets start at just 12 bucks to see the Jazz, Spurs, and Grizzlies compete. Visit slcsummerleague.com to lock down your seats today. Let's give a, let's give a four-pack away. Uh, let's do that. Happy to. 855-340-ZONE-12 caller right now. Go to the Summer League. It's kind of a tradition around here. Big basketball fans. People get jacked. Go for free. 855-340-ZONE-12 caller right now. Uh, Austin, let's talk a little bit about the uh, the fallout, um, possible fallout involving uh, BYU and Utah for, as far as conference uh, expansion goes because we're going to talk a little basketball at the uh, top of the 3 o'clock hour with our friend, Coach Gordon Chiesa, so stay tuned for that. Howard Beck at 4, Greg Rubel uh, will join the show at, uh, at 5, and we'll run some of the stuff past Greg. But, you know, BYU, I think, is immediately, you know, could – could be the most impacted right away or not really. Well, let me put it this way. If if the Big 12 decides to remain standing and keep all its remaining members, uh, remaining eight members together and want to add schools that will create as much value as possible, I believe that BYU is in a good position to uh, to be as qualified an applicant as, as any other university out there and, and should be at the front of the line. Um I'm not entirely confident that's going to happen. Um, I don't see I don't see the Big 12 being able to go into another league like the Pac-12, say, or the Big 10, and convince programs that move the needle to to leave and join the Big 12. I think it will have to be, you know, again, uh, a school like BYU, like the the schools that they've uh, explored in the past. And I think that 
would be best case scenario for the Cougars. If if you disagree or have another one out there, uh, feel free uh, to share at Jake Scott's own on Twitter. But that that feels like the best case to me. I believe, however, that the Big Twelve is going to cease to exist for the most part, or at least cease to exist in the form that we have now. See the Big East. The Big East is still a thing, but it's not, you know, what it was in the late 90s, early 2000s. It's viewed entirely differently. So maybe something along those lines happens. But, you know, all of a sudden I think those schools are going to be looking around because they're going to be worried about being left on the outside looking in, which they should be. So if there's any value to a school like West Virginia or Oklahoma State or Texas Tech, I think they're going to try and parlay that into entrance into a different Super League, if that's possible for them. And maybe that's not an option for them. But the Pac-12... I don't if I'm the Pac-12, I'm not in a hurry to expand because I don't think there are a lot of good candidates out there unless you can talk some Big Ten schools into coming. Maybe the idea of getting into Texas with Texas Tech or Oklahoma with OK State is is intriguing and worth kicking the tires on. I don't know. I wouldn't be in a hurry to do it. Um, But if if if. If the Pac-12, here's where I'd be worried if I were a Pac-12 fan and specifically a Utah fan. Does the Big Ten decide that they are not going to be outdone by the SEC and they're going to create a nationwide league and pluck the California schools and uh, and or some combination of the California schools in Oregon and Washington and, and bring them into the Big Ten and form their own super thing? Because the Pac-12 has the same problem that the Big 12 has. Their grant of rights agreements are up. In 2025, of course, we've talked a lot about that um, on the show over the years. So they're vulnerable to the same type of thing. So that's that, I think, is absolutely worst-case scenario for the Pac-12 because in that scenario, what kind of conference do they have left? And how is a conference, let's say the leavings of the Pac-12 joins the leavings of the Big 12, how is that conference viewed? Not as a power conference. Right. So are we looking at a power four, not a power five? Well, we might be looking at a power two. And how I big, think eventually, and, yeah. And how, ba- how big is that thing? The thing is, is the ACC, and, and maybe wisely because they sacrificed dollars for this, but they extended way out into the 2030s, which would not surprise me if that were a real defensive move from, from their vantage point. Because so, the ACC could have been vulnerable to this type of stuff too, just like the Big 12. So does that mean the ACC could then try to compete with this SEC and start grabbing Big Ten and Pac-12 schools for the ACC Super Conference? I don't think that they would add, I mean, if they could add Pac-12 schools. Uh, I, I get geographically I, that makes no sense. I, I, I would Let me just put it this way. The Big Ten will do that before the ACC does. The ACC, now I could see them uh, trying to talk Notre Dame into joining their league. Yeah, and man. then add another team, West Virginia. Who like cares. officially join their league. Like yeah. join their league, join their league. Say you're moving into the, the the era of super leagues, you better get on board. How long are they going to put up with this independence crap? And we'll make room for you. And we'll, I'm thinking we'll from a, a recruiting standpoint, the ACC is in a lot of the same areas the SEC is. Right. So they might want to try to compete in that way and get more big name schools to join their conference. But there's also an incredible amount of people and universities in that part of the country. Yeah. Yep. I mean, everybody's on the East Coast, right? Well, I think it is. I think 10 years from now, we're going to be a two-conference, the halves, and they may not even be a part of the NCAA, per se, anymore. Right. It's going to be a big old business, and then everyone else get what you can while you can. It's going a wild direction. 
So right now, I don't think that's a threat to Utah or BYU, but I think eventually it will be. Yeah, the Big Ten is a threat if you're a Utah fan. Now, maybe, right now, you mean? Right now. And I don't I don't believe in the ad schools just to add schools model strengthens things because that's essentially what the ACC did, and they're no better league than they were before they added all those Big East fallouts. They're certainly from a football standpoint. In basketball, they might be. Basketball, they might be, but not from a football standpoint. I mean— what about from a basketball standpoint, though? Couldn't the Pac-12 get some of those Big 12 schools that are basketball schools and bring them in and make Pac-12 more about basketball than football and try to make it that way? Yes, except for now you're going into the Big East territory, right? Because basketball – so let me see if I can describe this. And these figures, Because you may never catch up with the SEC in football. These figures are, are loose, so I apologize. If there's somebody out there listening in, in, in the know – you know, Tom Homo or Mark Harlan, you let us know. But basketball's worth compared to football is like 25%, maybe less. So. Okay. But are you really thinking you'll catch up to SEC's numbers? When football is running the show, forget about the SEC for a second. Forget about keeping up with the Joneses. How do you keep the, the money train rolling in? That's what the Pac-12 should be worried about right now. How do we make this spot the most advantageous for these schools so as to prevent them going anywhere? The ones they currently have. The, yeah. the problem is I don't know how they accomplish that when they have their rule that everybody gets a fair share. Because honestly, once USC wakes up and realizes that they're worth more than everybody else and taking less than they could, I mean, anything's possible, right? So that that's the hard part. I don't I don't know how the Pac-12 does that. Could the Big 12 survive by taking USC to replace Texas and Oklahoma? Sure, but why would they ever do that? Why would USC ever do that? Well, if it's bigger money than what the Pac-12 is giving them. I don't know at this point how it could be. I love that the Big 12 is saying to Texas and Oklahoma, tell us what you need and we'll find a way to get it to you. And the Texas and Oklahoma are like, you can't. It's too late. Well, I mean, it creates a lot of bad blood doing that stuff, too. We, you and I both. They said they told Heather Dinich of ESPN they would do it over the weekend. I know they did. But but doing it and then dealing with it are two yeah. different things. You and I both from have, have followed the Boise State drama within the Mountain West Conference because it's just so juicy. Because it's all delicious. of those schools just hate them. Just hate them. Because they're worth more and they've leveraged that to get a higher paycheck. And they've tried, like middle of the night passing legislation like behind Boise's back. I mean, it's just juicy. And I don't think it, I don't think, I mean. Yeah, the, your invite to that conference, you didn't get that invite to that teleconference, Boise? Oh. Uh, oh, straight up. Where's it? How must have been happen? lost Jeez. in the mail. Well, well anyway, uh, we had quorum and. Uh, <laughs> You're making less and, money and next year. Bad news for you. All right. Adjourned. <laughs> next item. Punching cookies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, to be a fly on the wall in some of these meetings because it's just got to be nuts. I, I would pay big money to be on that call with the Big 12 Board of Regents in Texas and Oklahoma. You know, I bet it was amazing. <laughs> I bet it was amazing. Coach Chiesa joins the show next. Stay tuned. Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.